0: It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this um, Tuesday morning. I'm Roger. And I'm here every day, Monday through Friday. And uh, we have uh, different people uh, doing different things on different days. Mondays, um, Dick Bouchard uh, commandeers the studio and the microphone and does his, um, his program. And he has a style. We all have different styles, right? And he does his, um, his thing on Mondays. On Tuesdays, when there's a city council meeting, we have members of the Woonsocket City Council Meeting with us, and uh, and we have one right now, and his name is James Canoy. He's on our live line right now. Hello there. Good
1: morning, Roger. Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear Roger? All right. Yes, I can. Okay, so um, this is going to be a fun uh, program. First of all, I mentioned that um, every time there's a city council meeting, we have a council member. come on the program, and uh, I was wondering if you could do me a favor, Mr. Uh, Kanoya. Yes. Yeah. Could you speak to, um, one of the council members won't come on the program and um, and participate, and I know that uh, from time to time you have a, a conversation with uh, Alex Kithis. I was wondering if you could intervene for me and see if uh, you could get him to, uh, uh, to agree to come on the program, because we certainly want to hear what he thinks of um, city council meetings. Um, could I engage you in that kind of, um, of uh, shall we say, um, um, an affiliation?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. I'm not sure. You, you, be careful what you wish for. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I will uh, certainly reach out to him. Yes. But I'm not sure. I mean, he's already said he would not go on your show since you guys are white nationalists. Yes, that's true. White supremacist. hmm So yeah. <clears throat> um, that's number one. Number two, I'm not sure he has time because Alex is very, very busy saving the world from the likes of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure he can find the time, but I'll certainly reach out to him.
0: I appreciate that very much, and that's a good way to begin the program. Um, now, um, what we do with this, uh, with this time um, is uh, review the city council meeting, and I, I have an unusual uh, question for you. Uh, I was wondering if you could put together the votes last night that were 6 to 1... And review mm-hmm. them for for our audience and see what kinds of material uh, was put before the council. And with a six to one vote defeating the, those things, I wanted to see what um, measures we might have missed that could make Winsocket city government better. Yeah, could you do that for us? Sure.
1: Yeah, I, I could. But if you don't mind, let me just take a little bit of a different spin, um, and I will, I will uh, get to exactly what you're asking for. Yeah, sure. Um, Let me just preface it by saying that, and you know this, Roger, but maybe some of your listeners don't, the city council, um, under the current conditions with the virus and the governor's executive orders and the social distancing that's required and so on and so forth, the city council is meeting uh, remotely. Uh, They're using a uh, conference call as well as an application called Zoom where... um, the members and the public can participate. Well, the public, uh, we're not allowing public uh, participation, um, but the, uh, the city council all dials in and uses their computers. So it's remote. That's number one. Number two, the standard agenda that people are used to here in the city of Socket has been abbreviated. Uh, we don't have good and welfare, uh, uh, public good and welfare. We don't have city council good and welfare. Uh, the communications that you would hear certain council members or members of the public addressing the council out on has been um, suspended and we've really limited the activity on the ordinances to um, what originally was defined as essential purposes that which is required for the continuation of government business Uh, that's been expanded a little bit further now that the governor has changed their orders but the bottom line is the agendas that we've been dealing with have been fairly short um, and not as much uh, material as we've had in the past. Now in terms of uh, last night's meeting we had a handful of new ordinances and resolutions. Uh, we finally passed for the second time and uh, uh, gave a second passage uh, the purchase of a new uh, rescue vehicle for the city that's been on the agenda several times and it's uh, gone on oh gosh probably five times and it's and you need two uh, consecutive passages, but with the, the virus. And then we also had uh, an instance where one of the meetings wasn't properly noticed. So that dragged on. So that finally got approved 7 to nothing last night. The And then we had a couple um, ordinances where we allowed National Grid to put in telephone poles in certain areas of the city. So that's just kind of standard fare. And then <clears throat> we had... Um, a, uh, a resolution authorizing the statement of certain taxes, and that's, that's something that happens at just about every meeting, and that passed 7-0. Um, and then we had a couple of items. We had one uh, in connection with um, licenses for um, uh, nightclubs and different establishments, and what happened is, uh, as you know, in Providence, there were certain instances where they had to shut clubs down. Um, and then we had some situations in uh, the city of Woonsocket where we've had some clubs where the police have had to intervene or either shootings or stabbings or other uh, events that were of a violent nature. And we've the code of ordinances to allow the city to uh, close for up to 70, no more than 72 hours almost immediately. Uh, without a hearing um, but then after 72 hours there has to be a hearing where the, the establishment is able to get their due process and that's that would be done only in emergency situations uh, again if there was a shooting or something and the public safety officials deemed it necessary to close the facility they could come to the council and get it done immediately that passed 6-1 to one. Mr. Kithis <clears throat> voted against that um, but for whatever reason he thought it was anti-business um, but that passed six to one and then, <clears throat> then the, big, the, big, uh, the most entertaining portion of the evenings of festivities were Mr. Kiddis who had submitted four resolutions uh, an ordinance and a couple of resolutions that he, uh, he advertises um, basically helping the city through the, uh, the virus here Um, And he had four of them. He did not have a good night. Um, Three of them failed, were rejected on near unanimous votes, six to one. And then the fourth uh, resolution that he had uh, didn't even get a second. So he was 0 for 4. Um, I'd be happy to uh, discuss further uh, what those resolutions and ordinances were all about. Um, if
0: you were yes, I'm, I'm so inclined because um, some of them puzzled me, uh, you know, when uh, Council Vice President Mr. Bream gave his summary of the city council as part of our news report, some of them sounded strange to me, and um, so uh, I think the, the, the general public uh, deserves to know, uh, since he's not here, what kind of stuff uh, he's uh, asking you guys to consider.
1: Yeah, well, obviously it was... I mean, you saying it sounded strange and so forth. Um, Obviously, that was the prevailing view of the city council last night because, as I said, three of them failed, were rejected uh, on a six-to-one vote, and the uh, fourth one didn't even get a a second. So the first um, ordinance, he wanted to amend the code of ordinances to effectively... um, to effectively exempt anybody that professes to be homeless, you want to exempt them from certain laws that are on the books, both lo- uh, well, you know, the local laws in terms of, um, uh, what do you have? Um, disorderly conduct and indecency, drunkenness, um, uh, loitering, and so forth. So, in other words, Roger Bouchard could go stand in front of Alex Kittis's house, on well, Alex Kittis's parents' house on Winter Street um, and make a scene, block traffic, uh, be disorderly, and so forth. And if you professed that you were homeless, the police would just ignore you and allow you to continue to rant and rave and be disorderly and so forth and block traffic. But if Roger Bouchard went back the next day and said he wasn't homeless that he lived over on Prospect Street and behaved in the same manner, well, in that case, they could charge you and cite you.
0: And you guys Uh, didn't think that was a good idea to support that resolution?
1: No, no, on a 6-1 to vote, that was defeated. Um, And throughout this, Alex was suggesting that the homeless were somehow being singled out. And as we explained to Alex, look, in all seriousness, you know, our police department... They're not stormtroopers, okay? They don't go in and harass homeless people. They don't go in and and destroy homeless shelters and tents and so forth, um, just for the heck of it. In fact, there's, there have been no arrests um, in all of 2020. It's April 21st today, and there have no no incidences that would have even applied under these ordinances. <laughs> A police department, again, they're not stormtroopers. They don't arrest people or cite people based on who they are. They arrest people and they cite people based on their actions, based on what they do. They don't care if you're homeless. They don't care if you own 10 homes. And as I explained to Alex last night, this virus does not, unfortunately or unfortunately, does not engage in identity politics. Okay. The virus doesn't care who you are. You could be old. You could be young. You could be whatever color they like to be themselves, whatever race, from wherever. It doesn't matter. They don't. The virus doesn't care. Everybody's at risk. Okay. Tom Hanks had the virus. His wife had the virus. Chris Cuomo had the virus. Boris Johnson, the prime minister of England, has the virus. Um, The the CFO of Jeffrey's Financials in, in New York City. He died of the virus. All these people are fabulously wealthy. All these people have multiple homes. It does not matter. So Alex, in his usual, in his usual way, wants to create a a special class of citizen, i.e., homeless, and make them exempt of all the laws that everybody else in the city uh, has to abide by. So obviously, that failed. Near, <clears throat> a near unanimous vote, six to
0: one. Anything else worth mentioning out of those six to one votes?
1: Yeah, he had another one that was connected to it. He had an ordinance that, uh, a resolution instructing the police department not to um, uh, take down any encampments um, or shelters for anybody in the city if they profess to be homeless. So, you know, the example I used was um, Joe Blow could profess to be homeless and go pitch a tent on Dave Soucy's front lawn on Woodland Ave. And with Alex's uh, resolution here, there's not, nobody could do anything about it. Because if they profess they're homeless, they can set up an encampment anywhere in the city and the police department would be instructed not to do anything about it so it was that type of nonsense that was put forth and again Alex has this has this way about him where he tries to gin up support, he runs around and tells people you're a victim, you're being held down by the establishment but I'm here to protect you, I'm fighting for you and you know it's uh, he he doesn't pay attention to what he's what he's actually proposing, it's all emotion. He, he got a little bit emotional last night, uh, if you watch the video. But, again, he puts in ordinances where, if you actually read this stuff and go through it in detail, everybody's shaking their head and say, what are you doing? Um, but, again, it's not really about, I think, from Alice's perspective, it's not really about getting having good legislation. It's all about getting up support for his... Quote, movement.
0: Well, if not else, he's helped unify the rest of the council, uh, and uh, that's um, unity is always a good thing in city government, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good to have. It's good to have debate. It's good to have discussion. It's good to have differences at times, but it's also, uh, I would say, instructive and revealing mm-hmm. that when you have somebody that puts stuff forth. Uh, over and over at meetings and they get rejected on six to one votes, I think that's an indication of the type of pablum they're they're, they're proffering.
0: All right, I'm going to go... I think I've I've read enough about Mr. Kithis and the rest of his six to one uh, votes. uh, I think we all have. I think I can live without them. So let's talk about some city issues. First of all, um, so the federal government is giving out money by the billions and the mm-hmm. state of rhode island is spending money by the millions and uh I, you know in talking to uh whether it's senator senator murray or senator pickard or 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 uh, any of them uh rhode island's situation uh financially is going to be in dire straits very very shortly when the uh, may projections of money uh, come in but what about Woonsocket? Have you been monitoring uh, our situation? Uh, are we unique, or anything like that, or, or could we run out of money?
1: Well, I, I'm not going to say we're going to run out. Of, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're going to run out of money anytime soon. However, um, as a as a, you know, similar to the virus, doesn't pick winners and losers; it's indiscriminate. Woonsocket is not immune to what's going on uh, around the state and around the country. So the bottom line is. People are not working. Uh, people, they're either not working or they're partially working. And I don't spending money. Um, you see it, Roger. You live it every day with advertisers and stuff. Um, there's, there's a lot, you know, economic... Co- commerce has come to almost a standstill. So when the economy comes to a standstill, everything's affected in terms of revenue sources. So, number one, the state is going to be in very difficult uh, position in terms of its tax receipts. And, you know, hopefully and fortunately, the federal government is going to provide some level of backstop. It remains to be seen as to whether or not it's enough. And then that trickles down to the various cities and towns. The city of Woonsocket gets a, a great deal of state aid, 60-some-odd million dollars on the... On, on the um, on, uh, on the 50-some-odd million dollars on the um, education side. So if the state runs out of money, guess what? It'll impact Woonsocket, and that's happened before. If you remember in 8 09, the state cut aid to the city of Woonsocket. So, so that, there's that piece, and then obviously you have taxpayers who are going to be pinched. They don't have necessarily the revenue sources that they themselves had. People aren't working, many of them aren't uh, getting paychecks. Um, the government is providing some level of support. But again, is it enough? Who knows? So people may have a hard time paying their bills, including their tax bill or their water bill or their sewer bill. So it's it's still early. I don't have a sense of what the the actual impact will be, but for sure, I think it's a safe bet to say there will be an impact. And that's why, frankly, I'm like a broken record, but I always say when we're doing budgets and spending, we've got to be very prudent. And we can't build and develop a cost structure that sets us up for failure when the inevitable downturn comes. Now, this downturn um, is a unique one because it's tied to a virus. But eventually, over time, the economy goes up, it goes down. And, you know, we've had 10 years of growth since the last uh, recession, and it's just a matter of time before we have a dip. So that's why we always, and I think we've been pretty good with this the last several years, but that's why we always have to be diligent, if you will, in controlling our spending and resisting the shiny objects and resisting the 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 desire of, of certain parties to grow our budget increase spending because when things go bad um you really pay the price so kind of long-winded answer to say i expect there to be challenges in the budget i don't i can't tell you right now roger um with certainty what the magnitude of those challenges will be but it will definitely be a, a difficult and challenging budget this year and um we'll have to tighten our belts across the board there's no doubt about that
0: Mr. Would you, expect, uh, would, you, would, oh, you, would you expect anything different? No, I wouldn't expect anything yeah. different, which leads into my next question. I've been looking at some communications uh, exchanged um, that uh, Mr. Paul Luber, our uh, state-appointed fiscal advisor, uh, yep. his... Um, his contract or obligation to serve the city of Woonsocket might have ended on March the 30th. and So uh, I was wondering if you could uh, address whether that's true or not, and whether in fact he is really an important factor in helping us figure out our fiscal uh, conditions, or are you and the rest of the council uh, able to add up uh, the numbers uh, and figure out where we're going financially by ourselves?
1: Well, <clears throat> There's a couple questions there, um, and I'll take them in order. So, first of all, Mr. Luber's uh, term technically ended on or about March 19th. That was the five-year anniversary of, the, um, of when the um, Budget Commission exited the city and turned the reins over to the fiscal advisor, who, pursuant to the law, stays on board for five years. So it's, it's hard to believe, but half a decade has passed since Rosemary Booth Galouli and the rest of her crew uh, wrapped up their work uh, as the Budget Commission and turned the um, turned the city back over to the elected officials with uh, a level of oversight from Mr. Luba, who was appointed for, uh, by the Department of uh, Business Revenue um, from the state. So his term ended uh, in mid-March. That's the first question. The second one is: Is he? integral to us managing our affairs. Um, here's all I'll say. Uh, I'm sure he added a level of value for the administration. Um, we've had a handful of meetings where Mr. Luba was involved in some of the contract negotiations. Um, he certainly was helpful to, the, to the, uh, the finance team in that regard. But ultimately, and this is no disrespect to Mr. Luba, um, the city survived many, 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 many years Without him, and they will survive without him as well. Going forward, um, he was a it was a, he was an extra added resource, um, but uh, he's certainly somebody that we can do without. We he's, he's not critical at this point. And again, that's no disrespect to Mr. Luber. It's just a you know we have people that are able to do the job, including members of the city council and the administration, and we'll be fine without him. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but
0: well, it sort of says that he's not around City Hall
1: anymore. Um, he, he wouldn't is, be doing it for free. He is no longer he is no longer the state appointed fiscal advisor. If he's still hanging around, I should say hanging around. If he's still at City Hall doing something. A, I'm not aware of it. Um, B, he's not budgeted to, but he may. Uh, for, you know, who, who knows? Um, the administration may be using him in some capacity and he may be doing it uh, out of the goodness of his heart Uh, honestly I don't know Okay, I don't
0: know thank you sir Uh, before we take our break uh, and you're able to stay Mm -hmm. with us right Uh, certainly Yeah. before we take our break I wanted to know whether uh, you uh, had a pledge of allegiance last night at the city council meeting (coughs) and if you didn't why didn't
1: you Um, the answer is no we did not That's one of the uh, unfortunate items along with citizens good and welfare and a number of other uh, agenda items that has been suspended during this difficult time as I indicated to you Roger. We conduct our meetings remotely. Uh, We're not at City Hall so we could conduct them remotely via an application called Zoom and on April 6th when we had the the first Zoom meeting uh, we attempted to do the Pledge of Allegiance where we all stand and recite the pledge um, and it was, a, it was basically a fiasco because if, if you're familiar with um, these type of applications or even a, a standard conference call if more than one person starts speaking at the same time everything gets jumbled and that's what happened so we're all trying to do the pledge it was just it was a, it was a disaster so we suspended it we had a constituent <clears throat> a contact reached out to us and contacted us and instructed us to to change that, demanded it, and uh, he didn't threaten us, he promised us, because he doesn't make threats, but he promised us that he would contact the media that he had copied on his demand, Um, but uh, no, it, it, it was suspended, and it'll remain suspended until we get back to normal when we're in City Hall, where we can all turn, look at the flag. And pledge allegiance to it. So, since they do a is, uh, suspended.
0: since they do a prayer at the city council meeting, could you do what one uh, listener suggested—that uh, the council president simply recite the pledge of allegiance and everybody else remain silent?
1: Yeah, we could, but you know, it, the, the prayer is a little different than the pledge. You know, the, the pledge is all the all the council members who are representing the city uh, in terms of legislation and following the constitution um, and our laws. They're the ones that are pledging. Jim Kenoyer is pledging, Dan Gendron's pledging, John Breen's pledging, etc. So having one person pledge on my behalf, I'm not sure really gets done what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. And, and again, some people some people get a little carried away. Um, I can assure you that <laughs> Roger Bouchard. Jim Kenoy or anybody else on the city council doesn't necessarily need to pledge allegiance to the flag at a meeting in order to be patriotic. Yes. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Some, well, people, like, some people like controversy.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on hold. I'll let Jeff Gamash entertain
1: you while we do a few Thank commercials um,
0: because I know that uh, Jeff and you can have some uh, fun conversations. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you, Mr. Kenoyer. Whoops. Are you still there? Miss? <laughs> <laughs> All by myself, I disconnected Councilman uh, Jim Kenoya. Please uh, call back. I did it without any help from anybody else here at the radio station. I am so proud of myself. I, I didn't think I could do it all by myself. Back in a moment. Woonsocket Tax Service of Woonsocket on Front Street would like to thank all our loyal clients during this unsettling period. Together, however, we'll develop new ways of providing the services you've come to expect from us. Now, despite our office being closed to the public, we're still working hard to meet the new filing tax deadline of July 15th, 2020. Beginning Monday, April 20th, however, we'll be scaling back on our tax season hours and moving to our normal off-season hours of Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We'll be reading and responding to emails sent to info at woundtax.com. So feel free to email us should you have any questions. We will reevaluate our hours if and when we are able to reopen to the public ahead of the July 15th filing deadline. And communicate those changes to you. As always, we're here to provide bookkeeping, payroll, and sales tax services. where Woonsocket Tax Service, Front Street, Woonsocket. Thank you. Where did that commercial go? All right. Uh, Anyway, uh, thank you, Woonsocket Tax Service. And uh, right now we've got Jeff Gamasha in studio,
2: and he's going to tell us about
0: uh, Park & Shop in Blackstone.
2: That's right. Sales are back in the Park & Shop supermarket, as they have done for 101 years Are ready to serve you. Just to let you know from Park & Shop Management, the reason why the specials are back, because the trucks are back, delivering products to the stores on a daily basis. And that team is dedicated at Park & Shop to keeping those stocked shelves stocked. So now the supply chain has improved, we have some great specials, including fresh grade a chicken leg quarters just 79 cents a pound They you ask that you limit yourself to three packages please looking for a little upscale beef how about usda prime certified angus beef boneless new york sirloin steak only 5.99 a pound and of course we have some fish deals delicious cod fillets Seven ninety nine 99 a pound. Bacon, three ninety nine each. We're talking about Barrest sliced bacon. Some of the great deals awaiting you at Park & Shop Supermarket. Also, post cereal, two for four. Fruity Pebbles. I like Fruity Pebbles. You like Fruity Pebbles, Roger? No, I do not. You're a big cereal eater? Uh,
0: without sugar, yes.
2: Oh, yeah, without that's sugar. That's uh, not Of course you know I'm perfect. Without sugar. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of fruity pebbles with uh, sugar never hurt nobody. Yabba dabba do. Uh, tomorrow we will have Wacky Wednesday, so we'll be bringing up to speed on those Hamburg and ham prices tomorrow. Those sale prices, by the way, are in effect now through Thursday the twenty third. So, we'll have new specials on Friday.
0: Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, let's go to uh, what they call Callahan School straight up in Boroughville. And this uh, nice piece of property at $369, it is... uh, a property has um, got a lot of character. Built in 1920, it has five bedrooms and three bathrooms. That's right. And um, there's um, a half-acre lot with this property. And as uh, Scott McGee says, this is a wow house. There is a lot of house. And um, taxes are well under 5000 a year. And uh, it is a, a colonial-type house if you're looking for the... Um, the idea of what uh, kind of uh, look it has and I'm looking at it uh, right now and it's um, a house with a lot of character and a lot of room and if you'd like to uh, see it or um, get a virtual tour of it right now uh, give Scott McGee a call at 639-2906 your real estate guy is Scott McGee All right, now um, let me see what else I have here I think I have one more uh, uh, one more yeah right here it comes Matthew and Nell invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N M&M Laundromat. We wash, dry, and fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. And, of course, you can use our top loads, front loads, and super load washes and do it yourself. And we can accommodate small to oversized loads. Enjoy the flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you wait. Commercial accounts are welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washers of up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 50 pounds. m M&M and offers free pickup and delivery for seniors in the high-rises, nursing homes, and other houses. Complex. 10-pound minimum weight. Have a question? Call 769-9661. Husband and wife team of Matthew and Nell Vasnasian. Invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say MN M&M Laundromat is locally owned and operated. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio
1: internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
0: Council member James Knoyer is our guest today. There's a council meeting that took place last night. He's here to uh, review some of the things uh, that uh, that happened and also talk about Woonsocket in general, and we've reconnected with him. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, An emailer uh, says, um, this is concerning Mr. Luba, he is still there and getting paid as... Um, as per Chamberlain, how and why? Um, so maybe um, you could look into that because if his commitment ended on approximately um, the nineteenth of March, uh, maybe we should not be uh, be uh, having him uh, render services. You're next.
1: So <coughs> that that may well be the case. I have no idea, but I will. I will. Um, you look into it
0: All right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Mister. Um, I don't know if you uh, noticed the house on um, Hamlet Avenue that was being uh, taken down with the blight budget. And uh, even Mr. Poitras uh, drove by... And, you know, Larry is not a man of controversy. Even Mr. Poitras drove by and said, that house doesn't look so bad. Um, and and so, uh, apparently, the administration felt differently. And I, I wanted to talk for just a few seconds about blight in the city and whether you're on the exact same page as the mayor is about that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, <clears throat> a couple things. Um, Mr. Poitras drove by and he's not. It, I'm surprised, because he doesn't usually have an opinion on many things, so that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> Thank
0: you, Mr. Kanoya. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so look, first of all, the the subject house on Hamlet Ave, I, I believe it's 80 Hamlet Ave, that was approved, not just by the administration, but by the city council. Um, in fact, that was approved uh, by the council before I was, uh, the council that existed prior to me getting on. Uh, but nonetheless, the city council approved that. Um, and i've been by the house i've looked at it and <clears throat> i will tell you it was a dump inside it's been around a long time and i know there are some people that say let's save it um but those are also the same people that never step up um and save it themselves <laughs> they're always waiting for somebody else to save it unfortunately there's not necessarily people standing in line for some of these places um so again, that was approved by a prior city council. If it had come before this city council, I can tell you that more likely than not, I would have supported uh, the acquisition and demolition of that property. So that's number one. Number two, um, are we on, or am I, am I on the same page as the administration uh, with respect to blight? I would suggest that for the majority of the time, uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, supported and I voted for. Um, and the the council has approved a majority vote um, a number of properties over the last several years on River Street on um, on uh, oh I lost the name but several places Um, but there have been instances where the administration wanted the council to consider acquiring certain properties where where the council, myself included have said no so we've said yes, we've said no I would suggest without having all the, the votes in front of me, that more time more often than not over the last three or four years the council <clears throat> the council has approved um, requests and recommendations to acquire blighted property than rejecting. So in most cases the council has been uh, supportive and in some instances they haven't been, which is which is fine. And everybody's is... Uh, Everybody moves along to the next deal.
0: There's not a rubber stamp on the Blake program, then, that's for sure.
1: No, 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 no. And, and again, there's a limit to what we can do uh, with our financial resources, and we try to manage that, um, when I say we, the council, the administration, broadly speaking, we try to manage that within the confines of uh, the limited budget that we have. Um, But, again, going back to A.D. Hamlet, that's been in the works for a number of years. That was acquired several years ago the fire department I believe um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong but I think it was left uh, undemolished for several years because the fire department used it uh, for training Mm -hmm. is my understanding but nonetheless it's finally being taken down and I I have no problem with that it'll open up uh, a little bit of area there and um, if we can uh, A. remove blight and B. uh, eliminate some of the density that we have in
0: the city, I don't think that's a bad thing. Mr. Kanoya, are you aware there's an election in November?
1: I don't know that there is.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. That's I a good... <laughs> heard, yeah, I,
1: I, it's not clear to me that there is.
0: Well, here's the thought, email anyway. John Ward and Denise Sierra are supporting John Breen for mayor this year. My question is, who will Jim Kenoya be supporting for mayor?
1: Jim Kenoya? Um, Jim Kenoya. Who's going to support Yeah. I don't know that... I don't know I, who's running.
0: Well, uh, I can tell you
1: <laughs>
0: if you'd like no, know, me to.
1: <laughs> I, I know. I know two. I know two candidates that are running, but there could be more. I mean, Alex may run. Now, Skip may run for, for mayor. He, he may, um, and I would support him just to get him off the council. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we still have a question standing on the on the table here.
1: I'm su- I'm <clears throat> I'm very supportive of both of them. How's that? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, I haven't seen much of a campaign on either side at this point. But no, all kidding aside, um, I'm supportive of John's, uh, John's um, uh, run for mayor. Um, he, uh, he's, uh, he's been on the council a couple years. Uh, he'd like to make the move to mayor. Um, and we'll see what happens over the course of the next several months. Fair enough. So,
0: Um, Have you heard about any activity at the middle school, like a new request for proposal?
1: No. Nope. Nothing. uh, No activity that I'm aware of at this point. Um, There was one uh, maybe a month or so ago there was, I do know there was uh, um, an individual that had reached out to the city that had some level of interest. They were from from a, a different state um, but I don't know that it uh, ever materialized into anything um, of uh, anything that would move forward so yeah. I guess the answer is no at this point I'm not aware of anything
0: all right um, we had an emailer asking about uh, good and welfare and whether in fact there's a way to do good and welfare with the current uh, technology or um, do we have to wait, or what?
1: Um, it's it, at this point, it's suspended. It becomes, um, you know, having these meetings on Zoom uh, becomes very difficult. It's just, frankly, it's a difficult process because to you know, have to open the you have to open the line to people, and you get people. Um, it's 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 very difficult to to manage and facilitate. So, my guess is it'll continue to be suspended. Um, until we, uh, start having regular meetings again. And, and it's unfortunate, but I got news for you. There's a whole lot of things in this world that have changed over the last couple of months because of this unfortunate, uh, virus. Um, and, uh, not having citizens good and welfare is, is an unfortunate, uh, development. Uh, but there are worse things that are happening. So, and you know, you know, Roger, um, I am a fan of Citizens Good and Welfare. I've used Citizens Good and Welfare many times over the years prior to getting on the uh, city council, so it I don't, doesn't make me happy that it's suspended, but uh, from a practical standpoint, it has to be. So.
0: Mr. I, um Melissa Murray, Senator, and Roger Pickard, Senator, and... Uh, Tom Paolino, Senator, They in the, my interviews with them, they all feel because the legislature isn't meeting, the council is meeting, but the legislature isn't meeting, they feel like they're detached from what is going on. Uh, in Rhode Island government, the governor is spending all kinds of money, and and they don't they don't even have a budget uh, set for next year. They they don't know what the budget um, money uh, projections are coming in May. They feel out of the loop. Do you feel out of the loop um, in terms of uh, being a, a council member, or do you think that um, the way that things have been set up with Zoom and everything that uh, city government is being uh, run uh, pretty smoothly? No, I mean
1: look. The General Assembly is different than the City Council. The City Council is seven members. The General Assembly is, you know, 50, 60 people. It's, it's, it's a much, it's a different kettle of fish. That's number one. Number two, with respect to what's going on here in the city of Woonsocket, relative to uh, local government, um, at this point, no, we're not detached. We're having our meetings. They are skinny uh, down a little bit. Um, but we are communicating. We are having meetings. Uh, business is getting done. Um we have a, uh, a budget that'll be coming before us in the next several weeks. Um, and I guess that's where the rubber will, will uh, meet the road. We'll see how that works out, um, you know, logistically, um, uh, and how we handle that. That'll, that's, you know, this, this situation will certainly present some, some challenges, but we'll get through it. Um, and not, that's, and again, I'm talking about the process and the logistics doing this never mind the the obvious challenges of the, the fiscal challenges that we're going to have given what we're facing with this uh with this economy as we discussed earlier but um no i don't feel like we're we're necessarily detached
0: mr Kanoyer, um we're going to ask you about uh Woonsocket's, uh performance in terms of the uh, the virus uh, and one measure I, I know that you 're a statistics type of person. One measure is how many confirmed cases uh, the city is seeing compared to the rest of the state. Block Island is the only of the thirty nine cities and towns without a case zero, but in terms of ranking um, for the rest of the state, we are number eight. We were a number nine for a couple of weeks. And then uh, we switched places um, with Cumberland, and uh, we are 8th with 158 confirmed cases. And then you've got Providence uh, with uh, 1,399 cases. Providence is um, in population about um, three uh, three times the size of the city of Woonsocket. I was just wondering what you thought of our numbers uh, compared to, um, uh, let's say, uh, Central Falls and some of the cities and towns like Warwick East Providence North Providence Cranston and Pawtucket who are ahead of us any any comment on that
1: no I mean look this whole thing nobody really knows we, none of us no matter how many press conferences we give none of us have our arms around this thing completely there's a lot of unknowns here um uh, what's going on in Woonsocket um I, I would say to you, from my perspective, it's you know, knock on wood, I don't feel like things are out of control. I feel like things are... people doing the right things, doing the social distancing and all that. By the way, um, that's that's in spite of the fact that uh, we didn't pass one of Alex's resolutions last night encouraging people to do social distancing. We call him Captain Obvious sometimes, but nonetheless. Um, so I think... Okay, I think when socket is doing as well as can be expected. things are frankly I, um, I would probably tell you if you'd asked me a month ago listening to the media uh, and everything that was going on, I expected things to be a lot worse. Um, so I'm pleasantly surprised uh, but you know obviously one illness one illness and certainly one death is is one too many uh, from all of our uh, perspectives but I think Woonsocket um, is doing a pretty good job based on the statistics that you, that you uh, referenced. Um, there could be a lot more, you know, based on if we actually had full testing, you might find out there's a lot more people that have it than we realize. Um, but so far, um, I would say so far so good, all things considered.
0: Yeah, I would say so far so good. Now, uh one of the things that is happening in Woonsocket, um that uh the water treatment plant continues to be built. Uh yep. the wastewater treatment plant continues to operate even though some jerks are putting some wipes in there, but uh, uh that happens. Uh collection of Get waste Alex on that. Uh, <laughs> waste <laughs> waste is being um it, you know waste and, and garbage is being collected uh, the parking lot of the stadium theater uh, across is being built i think that in Woonsocket it feels almost normal
1: um yeah so you listed three things and unfortunately you and i could list a 100 things that are not normal <laughs> right yeah um, i think it was uh i think it was john brean that was saying to me recently you know just on his street alone he was rattling off um, like four or five people that are literally either out of work, their businesses closed, et cetera. and you know that's common. I think everybody in the city could do that. You could look look up and down your own street and you could rattle off a handful of people that are really negatively impacted. Um, but I understand your point. At the end of the day, uh, there are things you know, to the best of our ability things continue to continue to move forward. the water treatment plant, the wastewater treatment plant is continuing to operate. Uh, essential services are, uh, are being provided um, and again the best way for me to articulate it is I think we're doing as well as we, you know as well as to be expected uh, is it optimal is it perfect is it what we all want no could it be worse yes could it be better certainly could be we hope to get there soon but um, I think by and large um, the city is you know doing the right thing Uh, And when I say the city, I don't mean just city government. I'm talking about the residents as well. And everybody's enduring this stuff um, and doing the things that uh, need to be done to keep it at a minimum. Um, And you just hope that uh, as time passes, this thing runs its course and we get back to normal as soon as we can.
0: Well, I won't ask you when you think it's going to end all end because you don't know the answer to that. Nobody Uh, does. I wish somebody did. Mm -hmm.
1: No. No, but as I, as I indicated before, I, the one thing I take comfort in is knowing that um, Councilman Kittis <laughs> is out there looking out for all the victims mm-hmm. um, that he's, identi- he, he, he's identified as victims.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm glad he's out there out. doing that, too, and I, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that somebody is uh, that caring and loving of their fellow man. That's true. Mr. Kenoya, thank you for joining us this morning. All
1: right. Have a great day. Stay healthy.
0: I will. James Kenoya on our live line here on WNRI. And we talked about city government and um, left a little time here to... uh, Let you know that Wright's Dairy Farm is open today. Wright's Bakery and Dairy Farm announces, while we have paused in-store shopping for now, we have curbside pickup daily during our regular business hours, Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sundays, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Milk cream, eggs, cheese, bread, ice cream, cakes, and more than 70 of your favorite bakery items are available every day for pickup. There are three ways to order. One by phone. Call the farm at 401-767-3014 extension 4 to place your order. Pay by credit card and select a pickup day and time. Two, on-site. Order from your car, online or over the phone. Wait in your vehicle while our team in real time fills your order. Wait times May very and number three to view our current menu and place an order online, or to view frequently asked questions, go to WrightsDairyFarm.com. Stay safe while we work through these unusual times. This message from Wrights Bakery and Dairy Farm North Smithfield. Well, thank you so very much, Mr. Announcer. We appreciate that. Um, we have a list of restaurants that are not operational. Um, you know, during the uh, during the prohibition of in-site dining. You can't go into a restaurant and, and uh, eat at a table like you used to. It's all takeout, And so a number of restaurants decided um, that um, they would close, like uh, Bella's in Glendale, until this is all lifted. And uh, Roast House, uh, you know, did the same thing. Ye old English Fish and Chips uh, did the same thing. And one of the restaurants that did that, too, was River Falls. However, the good news uh, this morning is uh, the ownership and management of River Falls is reopening today. And that means you can do takeout. So it's, uh, if you've been a River Falls restaurant, especially you love the burgers there, I know I do, River Falls is open for takeout starting at 11.30 this morning, Tuesday through Sunday. River Falls now open. Look at their Facebook page for the menu and for updates But the point is that uh, you can enjoy River Falls food again. 401-235-9026 is their telephone number. 401-235-9026. River Falls open for takeout again. And glad to remove them from the closed list to the open list. And that will be starting at 1130 today. And um, also we want to welcome a new sponsor. To our uh, list here, Life is Better with Ice Cream and Chucky's Creamery in Cumberland is open every day. Chuck's there from 2 to 8. Longer hours starting on May 1st. Chucky's features Hershey ice cream in 40 flavors, including my favorite pistachio. And they even have soft serve. And you can uh, decorate your ice cream cone with all kinds of different sprinkles. We've got a whole bunch of different ones you can put on there. You can really make it look like a Christmas tree. And your favorite Sundays and banana splits and also shakes are available right there at um, Chucky's Ice Cream. And another thing too. Remember that you can um, you can walk up to their uh, walk-up window and order your ice cream, and then enjoy our picnic tables nearby, which are very spaced out, so that uh, you can go there and not worry about um, not worry about social distancing. Enjoy the fresh air, and social distancing uh, is very easy to achieve because the picnic tables are all over the place. And there's a whole bunch of them. So where is Chucky's Creamery in Cumberland? Well, I can give you the address, 48 West Rentham Road in Cumberland, or I can tell you two landmarks. Uh, It used to be where Joseph's Restaurant was or Over the Rainbow and a few other uh, businesses, too. Chucky's Creamery open at 2 o'clock today and every day, and uh, that's all spring and all summer long. Thank you for joining our sponsor lineup. Thank you, Jim Kenoya, for uh, giving us uh, a few um, views on what's going on in Woonsocket City Government. Up and coming on WNRI as author's hour with, um, with our good friend Wayne Barber. And then uh, we'll continue our programming. I'm Roger Bouchard. Have a good day, everybody. See you tomorrow. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Up front is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Wound Socket.